We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate that any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup alone. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out that description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com dot com slash join Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. I am Vince Daddario, the football analyst. Here at irishbreakdown.com, and with me is always the bearded wonder, Brian <laughs> Driscoll. <laughs> You're eventually going to get one of these nicknames. It's going to really tick me off. So you better be careful. You better be careful with this, buddy. And I don't make the – I don't – you know, it's just mm-hmm. it, it's whatever comes out when I'm introducing mm-hmm. you. That's how it yeah. goes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but Brian Driscoll, of course, is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com, <laughs> and uh, you can read all of his stuff over at irishbreakdown.com because we have a ton – of information over there on this upcoming matchup between Alabama and Notre Dame. It is the college football playoff semifinals, and we are loaded. Um, Locked and loaded on the site. We're locked and loaded in the podcast uh, realm. Uh, We got a great podcast come out yesterday that I did with Tyler Martin, uh, just breaking down Alabama and what they're all about. Uh, He works for the SI site uh, for Alabama. So make sure you check him out. Check out that podcast because he brings not only a little Southern drawl to the comp to the podcast, but he also brings a lot of insight into what Alabama is all about. So make sure you check that out. Uh, But today we are going to talk about 
keys to the game, keys to a Notre Dame victory uh, on the offensive side of the ball for Notre Dame against Alabama's defense. And before we get into that, Brian, there's no point in doing a keys to victory if we don't think that Notre Dame can win this game, right? right. I mean, that, that just – you know, when you go into a game and you're the underdog and, and you don't think you have any chance to win it, it's keys to success. Right. You know, We'd be we honest. If on? we didn't think Notre Dame had any chance of winning this game, like, look, here's the deal. Right. Notre Dame has to just keep this game competitive. It has right. to be like Oklahoma two years ago, Kyler Murray. Sure. You know, you knew Oklahoma wasn't going to beat, beat Alabama. They had no chance. But could you make it respectable? And they did. They yeah. lost 45-34. If Notre right. Dame loses 45-34 to to Alabama – you know, you, you say, look, that's look, that's the number one team in the country. That's the right. best team in the country. That's the team I picked before the season to win the national title. There's no shame in a competitive None. loss to Alabama. If you lose None. the way Florida did or the way that Ole Miss did, there's no shame in that. We would tell you that's what the, six, the, the deal was. But I believe that Notre Dame does have a chance. Well, there's a path to, to win this game. And, I, and yeah. that path to me, and I don't mean to cut you off there. I apologize. Go, go for it. I, I do it all path- the time, man. It's, it's fair play. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. Uh, but th- that path to victory for Notre Dame is on this side of the ball. Yeah. It, it, it has to be Notre Dame's offense versus Alabama's defense yeah. because we've talked a million times about the fact that you know, Notre Dame's defense is elite. They're really, really good. Don't get me wrong. They are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Alabama's offense is really, really, really good. So success on that side of the ball is, is keeping Alabama in the 30s. They haven't given up less or they haven't scored less than 35 points in two years. Okay, right. so if Notre Dame can hold them in the 30s, that's a successful day for the defense. Mm-hmm. Now, if they do that and the offense has a terrible day like they did against Clemson, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, you need to score points. And, and to steal the words of the great Brian Driscoll, <laughs> defense gets you to the show, offense has to win you the championship. Right. So the offense is going to have to show up. And there is a path to victory on this side of the ball. Yeah, there is. And, and Vince, the thing about it is this game reminds me a lot of uh, the, the, the conversation being much similar. I'm a Denver Bronco fan, right? I'm sorry. And, and, and hey, you, you shut your dirty mouth. This you is won strike two, Vince. Strike two. <laughs> strike two, buddy. <laughs> you won many more Super Bowls recently <laughs> than my team has. Who is so your that, squad again? The uh, Bears? That would be the Bears, and they yeah. won when I was four. Yeah, so. that's right. And Walter Payton's not walking through that door, neither is Richard Dent. And some neither of the other is the greats. fridge or, you know, right. whatever, yeah. So I'm a Denver Bronco <laughs> fan, and I remember going into the to Super Bowl 32. That was the 1997 season. It was the Broncos against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and Denver was, I believe at the time, the biggest underdog yeah. in, in Super Bowl history. They have no chance. This is the best offense in the NFL. And and all these different things that people said about, about that Green Bay Packer team. And, you know, they were defending champions as well that season. And, Den- and Denver won that game because they were able to make enough stops on defense where they were able to force some turnovers early. Yeah. You remember, I think it was Tyrone Braxton had a sack of Brett Favre that forced a fumble. Uh, they picked Brett Favre off early because they had a pressure. But the reality was they won that game because the Denver offense took it to the Green Bay Packers. Right. Now, there are going to be different, you know, things that they got to do. And, you know, but the, the the narrative is this team doesn't have a chance because how great the opposing offense is. And that was the narrative back in, in, in that Super Bowl as well. And – I, I believe that, yes, the, the, the Notre Dame defense is going to have to do some things to make some plays and make some stops. They're not gonna allow, they can't allow Alabama to get to the 49.7 points per game. They're going right. to have to hold them under that. But 
no matter how well they play, this isn't going to be a 21 to 17 game. It's not going to be 12 to seven either. This is going to be a game where the Notre Dame offense is going to have to score points. And so I, I believe as I break down the film and I study Alabama and I look at Notre Dame for what Notre Dame can and should be and what they were when they were at their very best. And it was never always at the same time. It was like, O-line was great here. Pass game was right there. Run right. game was right here. If they can put it all together, they can win this game. I truly sure. believe that. I'm not saying they will. I'm not even saying that they should. I'm, if they go and, and lose a competitive game where it's a battle for 60 minutes, I'm going to stand up and give a, a, you know, a, a standing ovation for this football sure. team going toe-to-toe with a team that I believe is the best in the country. Agreed. And so um, – but I also think this team is capable of winning if they're able to do some things well. But if they don't play their best game on this side of the ball, then I don't, then I don't think they're going to have a chance to, to – not only – are they not going to have a chance to win – they're not going to have it. It's not going to be competitive. Right. You know, because as we said in previous shows, Vince, the Notre Dame defense could hold, could play well and give up 35 to 42 points to Alabama. That's just, that's just how good this offense is. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing with LSU last year. You know, this offense isn't as good as LSU. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it is, but the point was you were not going to beat LSU in a, I think there was one game last year where LSU scored under, and it was like the Auburn game. But I mean, that was a team where if you're going to beat them, you're going to score a lot of points. Right. And that's how this game is going to be. And, you know, I think they're capable of it. And yeah. I think Notre Dame has the right ingredients on offense to have success against Alabama. And everybody wants to talk about the 2012 game and all that. Here's the one big difference. In 2012, Alabama's front seven was significantly better than Notre Dame's. Absolutely. That's not true in 2020. Absolutely. And we'll dive into that. But th- that's, the to me, the biggest reason why I think that this team has a much better shot at being competitive than – than the team did in 2012. No, and that's that's a really good point, and and it's uh, it's in the trenches. I mean that that's where Notre Dame has gotten significantly better since 2012 is in the trenches, and that uh, they were just not competitive in 2012 uh, on either side of the ball yeah. down in the line of scrimmage. They had and, two offensive linemen that 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 could could play at that level, but you need five. In 2012, right? It was I mean, Zach Martin and Chris Watt. That was right. it, right? And like you said, yeah, you you need five. Yeah, not at least Martin. four. Chris Martin's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and Watt is on the Notre Dame yeah. staff. So, right, right, you know, and would still be playing in the NFL if not for injuries. I mean, sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, he was a third round pick as well. But so anyway, so yes, we we believe the reason we're wasting our time, we're not wasting our time with this podcast, is because we do believe that Notre Dame has a chance right. to win this game. It's going to be hard. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the you know, it's 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 kind of like you know, you know this, Vince. I'm a bit of a a Marvel movie nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like that scene in 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 uh, Infinity uh, Infinity War and Endgame, where you know Doctor Strange is kind of like you know you've, I've played all these simulations, and there's one chance. You know what I mean? Like we have that one chance. So to spoiler win. alert! I don't want to. I don't know what yeah, happened in well, that movie. It's all, it's all good. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, it's not like you're fired yeah. up to like I can't wait. I've been waiting for good it to point. come out on TV. It's good. Point. Um, which it does <laughs> in January, by the way. <laughs> it's one of those things where if you play this game 10 times, Alabama blows Notre Dame out. Five of them, three of them are kind of like the, the, the Oklahoma game a couple years ago where Notre Dame's not really close. One of them's a really hard-fought game that Alabama wins, and only once in that 10-game 10, 10 simulation does Notre Dame win. You know, sure. So it's going to be hard, but this team is capable of it if they play their best game, and that's what we're going to dive into. What does their best game look like? What are the keys to them having their best game? Uh, to be able to go out and beat this Alabama football team. 
before we get into those specific keys, Brian, we need to take a quick, a quick timeout uh, to hear from our first sponsor. And that first sponsor is, of course, Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, and that's according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. According to Comscore, 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back, Irish fans. And uh, we are talking keys to the game on the offensive side of the ball for Notre Dame and what that looks like for Notre Dame to have success. And uh, as we just talked about, success, in our opinion, uh, is it, they can win the game. And so these are the keys that, that we believe uh, will get Notre Dame to that spot. And we're going to kind of break it down in two different ways. Uh, we're going to talk big picture, uh, big picture keys, and then we're going to kind of break it down even a little bit smaller to more of a micro, uh, more specific uh, keys to the game. So uh, I'm going to uh, bunt over to you, Brian, and I want you to kick us off with a, a big picture key in your opinion. Yeah, so like to me, Vince, it's it's not as simple as like okay, you have to be good on first down and you have to run this concept. It's more there are three there's three big picture things that have to happen, and then those will lead to more success on specifics: first, second down, success, red zone, all those kind of things. And the, and the biggest thing for me in this game is Notre Dame has to start fast offensively, and 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 it's for one of two reasons. Number one is Alabama's offense starts off like Clemson, like like um, sure. North Carolina's offense did when they played the target. They're going to score right away. Which and is first you, two drives, bam, yeah. bam, it's 14 nothing before you can blink. Right. right. If you don't do that, you're going to be in such a hole. Right. And you're going to be playing catch-up that your game plan right. is out the window. And then in that game, the Notre Dame offense went three and out on their first drive. But after that, they responded yes. to North Carolina touchdowns with scores of their own, and they, they, they gave the Notre Dame defense time to get caught up. Right. And that was huge. So they did not do that against Clemson in no. the second game. They did not, you know, they, they did not. Um, they got the ball into the red points. zone. Right. Well, I mean, they, they, they got into Clemson territory in each of their first three drives and got right. three points out of it. You know, you, you can't do that right. against Alabama. No. The second reason is kind of similar to the, the Clemson, the first Clemson game, which is you are not going to keep Alabama down for four quarters. And so if, if you look at it kind of like a situation where let's say the Notre Dame defense is able to make some stops. And we, mm -hmm. we pointed to the, the um, I believe it was the Georgia game 
where on Alabama's first six possessions, they had three punts, a turnover, a touchdown, and a field goal. If the, the problem that Georgia had in that game is their defense played as well against Alabama this, that, as any team has played against Alabama defensively. The problem was that the Georgia offense could not score on Alabama either. And I believe they had 24 points at halftime, but the, the, they weren't, they, you know, they had the one big play to James Cook, that kind of thing. But they weren't able to create enough early separation that their defense was able to kind of fend Alabama off, you know, you know, and that's kind of what you need to see is you need to be able to almost do the reverse of what Alabama did to Florida. I really felt like if, if there was another couple possessions in that game, you know, Florida might've had a shot at that yeah. one, you, you know, yeah. and, and there's been other games that we've, we've watched like that where you're kind of like, you know, this team won because the other team ran out of time. The, you know, that, that, that was it, the way that they were playing the second half. Kind of like so, uh, Kentucky versus Notre Dame in basketball this year. Notre yeah, the, it's Kentucky very similar, yeah. Another possession. Yeah, if, if Kentucky <laughs> would have got a couple more possessions, then yeah. you know, Notre Dame probably doesn't win that game. And, and so, but, but what happened in that game, you know, to use the Notre Dame Hoops team, is they created such a big lead that right. Kentucky had to kind of exert all their energy in, in making the comeback. And so it, Notre Dame's not going to get out to a four or five touchdown lead against right. <laughs> it's Alabama, but you need to, to start off fast in either, either scenario requires you to start fast and, and they're both important. And if Notre Dame doesn't start fast and the Irish defense is playing really well, you've wasted that great start by the defense. Um, if the defense needs time to get caught up to speed, which is what I think could happen then you haven't you haven't stepped up and picked your team up because to win a game like this you have to play great team ball. It means the special teams has to win the field position battle. They can't afford to leave points on the field. The offense has to pick up the defense, and the defense has to pick up the offense. I right. mean that's just how you win games like this. Absolutely. And we saw Alabama do that. You know, we saw Alabama mm -hmm. kind of do that. You know, in the Georgia game where their defense was able to kind of make some stops that allowed their offense to get back in the game. Um, against Ole Miss, we saw that too, where the Alabama defense was struggling mightily in that game. Yeah. But the offense kept pace with Ole Miss. And, and when the defense finally made a couple fourth quarter stops, that's when that yeah, allowed right. them to win by two touchdowns. So that's what great teams do. You're not going to be at your best every single game. I still remember the, the first year Clemson won a national title. They lost 43 to 42 at home to an 8 5 pit team. You know, everyone's going to have bad days. Notre Dame needs to hope that the Alabama offense has a bad day for them or at least a bad start and then but in order to take advantage of that you have to start fast so starting fast big picture to me is is crucial to this game and you know there's a chance we'll know by the end of the first quarter if Notre Dame's going to have a chance to win this game well that's a really good point knowing by the first quarter because you're, you're going to be able to tell whether the Notre Dame came to play in this game and and the manner in which they came to play if they if they come and they just do them being them or, or whatever the whatever the phrase that Notre Dame has been using a lot in the mm -hmm. last 48 to 72 hours that's not good enough that that's not going to win the game for them so you're right we're gonna know I think in the first quarter uh maybe in the first half of the first yeah. quarter if Notre Dame has come to play in this game and if it's going to be a competitive game right and and I think that leads me to kind of point two Vince my second big picture thing is in some ways Notre Dame has to be who they are Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're going to agree with this, so I'm just kind of clarifying. I, I'm, my second point kind of adds to your point is being who you are, to me, is not X's and O's. It's not even necessarily we're a ball control team. Well, that's fine, but in this game, you can't be a ball control team only. 
you have to, you know, do other things, but that doesn't mean you can't be who you are and who Notre Dame is on offense is a team that wins at the line of scrimmage. And if Notre Dame doesn't win at the line of scrimmage, and and I don't just mean stalemate and and, and they have to win Mm -hmm. at the line of scrimmage. They have to get movement in the run game. They have to stay on their blocks. They have to, you know, pick up the pressures. Alabama is going to do some things. And I tried to ask Tommy Reese about this yesterday, and 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 he took the question in a different direction than I asked it. And you know, my question was, he did, and and that's fine. I mean, I thought his answer was fine. He just didn't go right. He didn't go the direction I was asking him. Right. And you know, because every team, I don't care if if you know, Clark Lee and Mike Elko run the same defense, but Clark Lee's version of it looks different than Mike Elko's version. Sure. Right. But but philosophically it's the same defense and that's where, you know, structurally it's the same defense. There are little things you can see that are very similar between the two defenses. And like, so Alabama, for example, still a three man front. Now they'll do some four man stuff out of that, which we talked about in our past show, but the, some of the things that gave Notre Dame problems against Georgia exist in this game. The, the pre-snap line movements. We talked about that in a previous show. Uh, you have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared for the slants and the stunts and the physicality and the different things that Bama does, and you have to win. If Notre Dame doesn't win at the line of scrimmage, and it's going to look, it's going to look, you know, run game wise, it's going to be pass game wise, it's going to be short yardage, it's going to be goal line, red zone, and all the different areas where you have to be the more physical, better football team. Notre Dame has to be the more physical, better football team. And I wrote an article today at IrishBreakdown.com about this where the only chance Notre Dame has is your best players have to be your best players. Sure. We'll talk about this in our defense defensive show offensively, you know, sporting news just released an all American list and had two Notre Dame offensive linemen on it. The AP released an all American list and had three Notre Dame offensive linemen on it and Notre Dame's second best offensive lineman or at worst third best offensive lineman, Robert Haynes. He wasn't one of the guys on that list. Yeah. All five, you know, starting offensive linemen. Now, of course, one of them's out. We're all ACC players. That's your best squad. And if you're going to have any chance against Alabama, that unit has to play like the best offensive line in the country. Right. Right. And I would argue that the matchup between the Notre Dame defensive line and the Alabama offensive line is closer than the Alabama defensive line and the Notre Dame offensive line. From what I've seen of the Alabama front seven, we talked about this. So that to me is an area where Notre Dame absolutely must yeah. not only hold their own. It can't be hold your own, Vince. It can't be. No, it, it has, has to be dominate. To be. Yes. Has you to have be. to win that battle. That absolutely. to me is the second big picture key for me. Yeah. And, and I, I'll piggyback off of that a little bit uh, because you talk about wing, winning at the line of switch. Um, one of my keys to this game is, is not to abandon the run game. And Notre Dame's not going to abandon the run game if they're dominating the line of scrimmage, right? right? I mean, that's just – unless they get into a giant hole early, and if they do, then there's a lot of other things wrong as well. Um, mm-hmm. But if, if this is a competitive game, and then early on as well, don't abandon the run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't put all of this on Ian Book's shoulders, okay? I realize he's your leader, he, he, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But as you said, he's not on any of those All-American lists. The, the, the big boys up front are the ones on those right. All-American lists, and they're yeah. in that list for a reason. And he got a pretty darn good one-two right. punch uh, at running back in Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree. Uh, so don't abandon the run game because if you do, if you if you turn yourself one dimensionally, then th- that's uh, you're making the job too way too right. easy for the defense, and mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. You can't. 
it's one thing for them to turn you into to a one-dimensional offense. It's another thing to turn yourself into mm-hmm. a one-dimensional offense. And too many times in the past, <laughs> we've seen Notre Dame turn themselves into a one-dimensional offense. And I don't want to see that in this game. So they cannot abandon the run game. And if you want to go a little bit deeper into that, you also need to get Chris Tyree involved. And I know that's more of a micro, more of a small point. Oh, yeah, it, we'll it, definitely get into that for yeah, sure. Yeah, so we'll, sure. we'll dive into that a little bit later. But my big thing is you just cannot abandon the run game. Got to run the ball against these guys. No question. And, and you, you brought up Ian Book, and Tommy Reese made a comment, and, and I really liked the comment that he made. And I had, I had this in an article as well at irishbreakdown.com. So there's actually video of it, you know, of him talking about the Alabama defense and then – uh, video of what he talks about about Ian Book and what Ian Book needs to do in this game. And one of the things he said is like, we don't need a heroic effort from Ian Book. That's true. He has to manage the offense. And 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 I was like, he spot on. Like some people may realize that like you can't have a game. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying you know Ian Book needs to you know throw fifty passes and you know complete them all for five yards and you know what people traditionally think of a game manager in an insulting manner. I, he meant it in a complimentary manner, yeah. which is get the ball where it needs to go to get it out there on time. You don't need to go run around, you know, scramble all over the place and then heave a ball downfield. You're, you're not going to beat Alabama doing those things. Now well, is, those is things are defi- nice. Isn't that the definition of Mac Jones though? Well, yeah. He, I mean, it, yeah, it, it kind of is. And, and, and I think Ian book is more capable of making plays than Mac Jones. But my sure. point is I, you can't, if he's making those kind of plays, that's fine and dandy, but you're not going to beat Alabama with four or five of those plays. You're going to beat Alabama because you have four or five of those plays, but it's going to be the other 60 plays that are going to matter more. The, you know, and the, whether it be, you know, decision-making and hand, with handoffs, you know, making the right checks to get the, the run play where it needs to be. But more so in the pass game, he needs to take the opportunities that are there, throw the ball on time, and more importantly, and this is the big picture thing, he has to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Aggressive does not mean – throwing into triple coverage those are the heroic plays you know Kyle Trask had to make some of those throws against Florida you know I think mm-hmm. of the one the one deep ball he threw to, to Kyle Pitts where he like literally fitted over top of three defenders I'm not saying you need to do that uh what I am saying however is that when you have Javon McKinley one-on-one take, take that it. shot take it when you have Michael Mayer Tommy Trumbull isolated look the opening is not going to be great it's not going to be you know, oh, he's two yards in front of that guy. You're, you're not going to – that's not open against Alabama, you, especially nope. if you're in a matchup against Patrick Sertain. Open is leverage. It's what we talked about. It's, it's leverage. It's angles. It's give your guy a chance. No, he's not open, but give him a chance. Throw it up. Throw it back shoulder. Throw it high. Give him a chance to go make a play. And if he doesn't make it, it's second and ten. But you know what also makes it second and ten, Vince? When you scramble around and then don't have anywhere to go and you throw the ball away. Right, which we saw exactly. against Clemson. Those were wasted snaps. Or you, t- or you run the ball out of bounds and sack yourself. Which is like your like, biggest pet peeve, I know. Oh but like gosh. to me, I would rather you take a chance because to me what it does is it sets a tone. If you take deep ball shots early in this game, maybe you hit one or two, maybe they're incomplete, but you've said to Alabama, you, we're not afraid of you. We're not afraid to take shots at you. We're not afraid to take a shot. I, I said this, and it may sound – people may think this is stupid. But if I have Javon McKinley in a one-on-one against Patrick Sertain early, oh, you take a shot, it, man. You you stole my thunder. Shot. I wanted to say because look, I, I was just gonna say, and I and then I'll let you go on. If I'm Tommy Reese, one of the last things I'm saying to Ian Book is take your shot against Patrick Sertain early. If you see something, 
take it because that's going to set the tone for what you want to do with this offense the entire rest of the game. Wow, they're taking a shot at our best guy. Right. We need to be ready to roll here. Take right. your shot at their best player. I was absolutely about to say that because I think that is so important to the psyche of the Alabama defense as well as the uh, Notre Dame offense. Take your shot at their best player. Yes, and now, again, that's being smart. That's not being stupid with it. That's just no. not being aggressive for the sake of being – you know, so you don't – you know, you, you, but look, if it's a one-on-one and you've got to go, and I would say not only you tell Ian Book to look for it, I would design it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, we know that as a coaching staff, you know, they're, they're, this is what we can do to make sure, because we know that they're going to put Patrick Sertain on an island over there because he's the best corner in football. Of course they're going to put him on an island. <laughs> right. And so when we get in that situation on first and 10 or second and two, one of those two downs, we're going to take a shot. And it's a smart shot. It's, hey, look, if he's, if he's here, you throw the ball high and you give Javon McKinley a chance to make a play. He can't pick that ball off. The best thing you can do is just be in great coverage and sure. be incomplete. And the odds are that that's actually what would happen. It'd be incomplete. But give Javon McKinley a chance, you know? And so – Absolutely. I think that's what you need. And that's the aggressiveness I'm Again, it's not trying to fit a ball over the middle in between three guys. That's, that's being reckless. Right. That's not the aggressive. That's not. A, that's never something I've expected from Ian Book. It's not fit a ball in between three guys. It's throw the ball on time in the open windows, understanding those open windows are going to be smaller in this game. So timing is important, and, and aggressiveness can be throwing a twelve-yard curl route on third yeah. and eleven, like Absolutely. you did against you know didn't do against Clemson. It's yeah. It's a mentality of I'm taking my shots, and when you have that aggressive mentality. As a quarterback, you're going to make your reads. You're going to throw on time. When you're not aggressive, that's when you hold on third on that third 11 curl route to, to Ben Skoranek. It's when you're unwilling right. to hit Tommy Tremble over the middle of the field when he's actually open, even though it's not open by a lot. Because when you're not aggressive, you're reactionary mm-hmm. instead of anticipatory. And great quarterbacks are anticipatory, meaning they see the matchup, they see the opening, they're going to throw you open, and they're going to throw the ball on time. That's what makes Mac Jones incredible as a college quarterback because he's anticipatory. He throws guys open because he trusts his receivers and the scheme to do that. He's an aggressive quarterback. You talked about how he'll take shots that he probably shouldn't take. That's an aggressive mindset. Ian yeah, absolutely. It's an aggressive mindset because – Ian Book takes a lot of flack from people, and, I, and I've been very critical of Ian Book. The one disagreement I've had with a lot of the other Ian Book critics is they'll say he doesn't have the physical talent. I don't agree with that. I think Ian Book has the arm and the athleticism to be a really, really good college quarterback, really good college quarterback. He has the arm talent and the athleticism, in my opinion, to hurt Bama in a big way. What, it, what he hasn't shown is does he have the psyche – to be aggressive in games like this. Consistently. Correct. And he's because, only really shown it once in a big game. Let's right. be honest. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. We, but we've, we've seen him be aggressive uh, outside of the, of the Clemson game the last month of the season, uh, the second Clemson game. He right. was being aggressive. He was anticipating things. Right. He, he, we thought, hoped that he had turned the corner in the, right. that regard. And then, of course, he regressed in the Clemson game, the second Clemson game. But he has the ability to do that. We've Correct. Seen it. it. It can be done. Right. It's just a matter of being that aggressive early because then I think it does a, new, a number of things. It'll, it'll give confidence to Ian Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say he goes after, uh, the, goes after Patrick Sertain and uh, Javon McKinley makes that catch. Right. Well, all of a sudden, Javon McKinley is a pretty darn confident guy. Right. And, and, and that's going to last the entire game. 
right? right? So you give you give your receiver confidence, you give yourself confidence, you give the offense confidence. Like, wow, we just went at the, their best player and we completed it. Man, let's go. Let's right. roll, man. Let's go. So if we I mean, can beat their best dude, yes. you know, if Javon can beat their best dude, or if Michael May or Tommy Trumbull can beat their best dude, I, yes, you know, I gotta. That's that's you know that's what great teams do. There, right. There's it, no it's question. Just, it it injects enthusiasm and confidence across the board. But so. it's like as you said though, Vince, it's a mindset thing. Yes. It's not about it's not about physical talent. You know, oh. we've and we've seen Ian Book do it at other times. I, I mean, I think back to the Stanford game and, and to his first home start. I thought he was so confident in that game. You know, yeah. throwing the ball own corner routes and deep outcuts to Miles Boykin over top of flat defenders. I mean, that was an aggressive, confident Ian Book, and he just kind of slowly regressed over time. You know, I think of the Ian Book that we saw against LSU off the bench, threw a pick, remember? Everybody remembers the great throw he made to Miles – the two great throws he made to Miles Boykin, but what people often don't talk about is he threw a horrible pick in the third quarter, but it didn't yeah. phase him. Yeah. It didn't phase him at all. And, and we, we haven't seen enough of that version of Ian Book, that really confident – they're really kind of almost, you know, cocky on the field, which you kind of want. It's a good thing to, to have that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. that, that Ian book that we saw against against Stanford Swagger. in 2018, the Ian book that we see against Navy, you know, in, in 2019, the Ian book that we saw, you know, against Iowa State at times last year. You know, that's the Ian book that needs to be here, not from a physical standpoint, because right. you don't all of a sudden have better arm talent against Navy than you have against Bama. Right, that's not how it works. If you can throw a sixty-yard bomb and hit Braden Stern, Lindsay on stride against Navy, then you have the ability to do it against anyone. Right, you know what I mean, Vince? Absolutely. Like it's it's not yeah. one of those things where we it's a mind thing. It's a mindset yeah. thing. Yep, and and that's the big thing for me. If Ian, if the offensive line plays to its potential, and if Ian Book is aggressive, then it comes down to is Tommy Reese have a competent game plan because. I don't believe there's a talent gap between the Notre Dame offense and the Alabama defense across Agreed. the board. There are, there are talent gaps at spots where Alabama's better. Patrick Sertain is better than anybody Notre Dame has. Now, do I think Javon McKinley can win a couple battles against him? Yes, yes, I do. Do I think Patrick Sertain will overall win that matchup? Yes, I do. But you don't need Javon McKinley to beat him for 70 snaps. You just need him to beat him a couple times. Right. But there are also areas, offensive line versus defensive line. Their safeties and, and nickelbacks against Notre Dame's tight ends. There are areas where Notre Dame has advantages, and um, they have to take advantage. But it, it's yep. going to start with the line and, and Ian Book's mindset. If those two things are working, then I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to win the game, but it's going to be a fun game where Notre Dame fans, win or lose, are going to come out of this game with proud of what they saw from their football team. Yeah, absolutely. So did you have any more uh, big no, picture? That's, it. that's just kind of three okay. and three. Okay, three just three. wanted to make sure. Uh, and so that's, that's a great place to take a quick time out. Uh, so we're going to do that to hear from uh, another one of our uh, awesome sponsors, and that is Bet Online. The NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Okay, welcome back, Irish fans. Uh, we're going to 
move on to the next part of our breakdown here, our, our keys to the game. And, that, and that's more of the, the, the small, the little things, the, the micro version uh, keys to the game for Brian and I. And, and this is where more of mine fall, I think. Um, and, and so I'll get into those as well. But uh, Brian, these are the specifics, right? These yeah. are the specific things that we're going to be looking for for Notre Dame to, uh, to be successful on the offensive side of the ball. I'll let you bat lead off. Go for it. You know, for me, and Tommy Reese talked about this this in his press conference yesterday. He talked about you've got to be good on first and second down, and and, and that's kind of a big picture point as well. But I think it's more to me, it's going to be more smaller picture because I have some specifics. I think obviously running the ball is going to be a big part of that. You have to have some good early game, early down success, even if it means your first two runs on a on a possession or three yard gains. Well, three yard gains get you into third and four. Third and four is a manageable situation for Notre Dame. To, to be able to, to, you know, to throw the ball and be successful on third down because Notre Dame has a very good third down offense and Alabama has had a pretty mediocre third down defense all season. You know, they have a freshman nickel, the Malachi Moore that they go to. Uh, that's a matchup I really like of him against the Notre Dame uh, tight ends or him against Avery Davis. That's a matchup that I like for Notre Dame. Um, you know, so I think that's a key. You can't have like a three-yard run on first down and then a two-yard loss on second down, and now you're in third and nine. Uh, I think the screen game has to be a, a part of that success. Now, you got to be careful with screens against Alabama because Alabama does have good length and range and team sure. speed on the perimeter. So it's not – it can't yeah, be like those, those slow developing, you know, slip screens. It's more about finding – picking your spots where you're throwing the quick look screens, right? Um, Maybe you use a – if you feel like on third down, you, you have a read on a tendency that Alabama does. Hey, we right. know that on the first third down of the game, we know they're going to get this because we've seen this from them in every game. That may be a time where, you know, on a third and four, a third and five, or a third and six, or, you know, maybe it's a third and long where you know that they bring this heavy pressure because they don't want to give you time to throw the ball. Maybe you call, you call a screen then. You know, it's maybe you're using those vertical screens where, you know, so we talked about where you kind of run a crossing route at the line, invite the pass rush up the field, hit that, and then your receivers and tight ends are blocking down the field. So I think those are some of the things that we need to see. And then, of course, Ian Book has to be really efficient throwing the football on early downs. And, and, yeah, and sometimes sure. that means picking up four, five, six yards. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Making those manageable. Right. Other times downs. it is making first down throws. Other times it is hitting that crossing route, hitting that drag route, where what you can't find, put yourself in is a lot of third and longs. And, and right. you know, so if you're going to take that shot on first and 10, like we talked about, you've got to be able to come back with something on second down that you feel really good can get you four to five yards at least. You know, and that's part of game planning. Like, look, hey, we know, and this is, you know, Vince, you know this. This is how you put your game plans together. When we're going to take our shots, we know the three or four calls we're going to follow up on if it's incomplete. Because that's what right. – so so just so you all understand, the, the way that a coordinator has to call plays and is I'm calling this play, but I have a couple plays in mind depending on how this one goes. If we get a big play, then this is what I'm going to. If we get a medium, you know, we have to hit the check down, then we're following it up with this. And if we get stopped, then this is what we're following it up with. So, you know, if I'm taking a first and 10 shot or a second and two shot, I have in mind what we're going to if it doesn't hit. Absolutely. And that's where Ian Book, excuse me, that's where Tommy Reese is going to have to be successful is being willing to take those shots means you're make, taking more high-risk plays, which means there's going to be more times where you're going to be in second and 10. That means your second and long game plan has to be really sound. Uh, and the execution of it has to be really sound as well. So 
to me, that's going to be a big part of this game because if Notre Dame can move the chains effectively against Alabama, that's going to be huge because, number one, it gives your offense confidence. It's going to give you more chances in, in, to get in scoring situations like we saw against Clemson. And number three, it gives your defense more time to talk on the sideline. So if Alabama goes right down the field and scores a touchdown and the Notre Dame offense responds with like a nine-play drive, and they, even if they only end with a field goal, you got points, you answered, but you just gave your defense six minutes of game time and, and probably 20 minutes of real time to sit down and make adjustments and sure. give those guys breathers. And that's important in a game yeah, like no, this. It is. No it's doubt. It's very important. No, and, and I guess my next key is going to piggyback off of you just, just a little bit uh, because what I really want to see uh, from this team is some – they need to stretch the field. And we talked about mm-hmm. that with Ian Book. You need to stretch the field. You need to be creative. Or, I mean, you, you need to be aggressive. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to do that, I think they need to be a little bit more creative than they've been in the past. Yeah. And my, my, my example to that would be the Georgia game where you mentioned it. James Cook goes for an 80 yard, 82-yard touchdown on a go route because he's the running back set up in a trips formation on the outside, and he's matched up against Christian Harris, who's a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And it's a go route. And Christian right. Harris, he's a good player. He did not have a prayer of doing anything with that ball because he was outmanned as far as speed is concerned, right? right? And so that is a creative way that Georgia said, look, with this matchup, if they're going to cover our running, excuse me, our running backs one-on-one with a linebacker, how can we exploit that? Well, that's how they did it. And I'm not saying right. Notre Dame needs to do exactly that because I'm sure that they've got an answer to that now because they got beat for an 82-yard touchdown. But those are the things that I need to see from Tommy Reese from a matchup and from a creative standpoint. Look, last week, our last game, Clemson was very smart about their matchups. They, they made sure that, that one of their best guys on offense was matched up with Sean Crawford on defense, mm-hmm. right? And they did that multiple times. And it worked out for him. That's being creative, and that's being that's game plan. Um, so I guess you could call that a big picture thing, um, but it's an X's and O's thing too. And and I want to see a little bit more creativity when it comes to some of the personnel and some of the matchups that Notre Dame mm-hmm. puts on the field. Absolutely, and that's my number two point as well, Vince. Is is you have to have some creativity in this game. And my big knock big knock on on this offense and especially when it's really controlled by by what you see from Brian Kelly uh and that's really where Tommy Reese's influence has been is with Brian sure. Kelly it's it's this whole you know we're gonna do what we do thing and, and that's fine to a degree but I mean you can have an identity and, right and that's fine that's, identity that's doesn't you mean you have to run this specific pass concept you know <laughs> it, it, this specific uh you know formation right time. And, and one of the things I love about you know, about what Clark Lee does on defense is, is he has a philosophy that he believes in, but that philosophy is not carried out the same way every week. Right. It's going to be dependent upon – I mean, there's some weeks where he blitzes more and some weeks he doesn't blitz at all. I mean, it's just going to be dependent upon what you're, you're seeing from the other team. And my issue with Notre Dame is that whole we're going to do what we do thing works when you have more talent than the teams that you're playing. And that's sure. where I think that identity has helped Notre Dame become a more stable program. Yeah, absolutely. And from the standpoint of when you just do what we do, and you're not gonna you're not gonna lose to Pitt anymore. You're not gonna lose to Tulsa anymore, Northwestern anymore. You're gonna beat those teams. You have better players. But when when you play teams like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, th- those are the games where it requires a little bit more. 
you know, we have to, you know, Brian Kelly said this in the past, Vince, remember when he made the, the changeover, I think it was back after the 2016 season. One of the things he talked about was, you know, on defense, you kind of have to recruit the, the top players because defense is more about your God given ability. Yeah. Right. Offense. He said, you know, we can scheme our way into points. Well, then why aren't you doing it? You know, that, <laughs> that's my question is like, there is no creativity to this. There's time. And the thing is, here's the funny thing is, where we've seen Notre Dame be the most creative this season, you tell me if you agree with this, Vince. I want to see if you agree with this as you study Notre Dame. Where they've been their most creative and most matchup oriented, we're going to use this alignment and this motion to create an ISO against this player, has been on third down. They are very creative on third down with their pass game. And that is by far the best part of this offense from a pass standpoint. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I could not agree more. And, and it is – it's frustrating uh, because there is the talent there, and mm-hmm. I, I would, I would, and I've done this in the last couple of podcasts, but I, I would direct our our readers slash listeners to the website to look at the recruiting Alabama versus Notre Dame. Right. Look, there, there, there's the talent is there, and the the problem is some of that talent's on the bench. That's another podcast for another time. Right. Um, but you can scheme your way into points. That's absolutely correct. But they they haven't done that recently, right. and, and that's the frustrating part. You you've got the personnel to scheme your way into points. You've also got the personnel to outplay the guy across from you, and they haven't done that, and that's disappointing right. as well. Uh, so you know, again, well, the, the, and, and part of that too, Vince is going to be, in my opinion, in this game, you have to be more willing to. Um, utilize your best players yes all of them yes and, and yes one of the things that's been puzzling for me for example has been how Notre Dame will go into games and it seems like Javon McKinley's an afterthought and that blows my mind and I got a stat for you and this was in my stacking up article mm-hmm. and it was at the bottom so I don't know if a lot of people saw it this year Notre Dame's 11 games there have been six games where Javon McKinley caught at least five passes in those six games, Notre Dame averages 39 offensive points per game. Now, it's actually more than that total points per game because one of those games is the first Clemson game where they right, actually the scored 47 scored. points. Yeah. But I just went with offensive points. Sure. Um, in those five games, they averaged – or six games, they averaged 39 offensive points per game. In the five games where he's caught fewer than five passes, the offense averages 26.4 offensive points per game that's almost two touchdown difference and yet we have seen games and 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 here's the thing that 26.4 includes 45 offensive points in the game over south florida if you look at just what they've done against power five opponents he's at and that's four games they're 21.8 offensive points per game that that's the kind of that's the kind of self-scouting you need to see to say, hey, we've got to get Javon involved because when he actually is targeted, he's our really good. Is, and our offense and is he, better. Exactly, and he's yeah. hard to defend. And that's one of the frustrating things for me is it's not that we've we, – we've seen one game this year where I thought Javon McKinley played poorly. And I think it was the Louisville game. If I'm, if I'm trying to remember correctly, I just don't think he played hard that game. I don't think he played well that game. Other than that, when he hasn't gotten a ball, it's been a self-inflicted wound from the coaching staff and the, from yeah. the quarterback where they don't even look at him. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. There were opportunities for Javon McKinley in one-on-one situations to make plays in the first half against Clemson in the ACC title game. The quarterback didn't throw him the ball. Right. And it didn't seem like they were doing things coaching wise to say, we're going to utilize our best player. 
Um, and it's like they get so one, one narrow focus, like, okay, this game we're going to focus on getting the tight ends the ball more. Great. Get the tight ends the ball more. And the tight ends need to be a big part of this game plan. They do. But how are you using them in a way that, that you're using Javon McKinley to set them up for big plays or vice versa? And those are the frustrating things because we've seen it. When Javon McKinley's a big part of this offense, the offense is hard to stop. Yep. And when you don't utilize Javon McKinley, your offense gets stagnant. And I think a lot of that has to do with the mindset because a lot of what Javon McKinley does successfully are the downfield throws, the downfield plays, the one-on-ones. So you got to give them those chances. But then also you've got to use motions and shifts and, and, and all those type of things. And then also the other thing is they, what they don't do a lot of, which drives me nuts, we will see it on third down and we'll see it in the red zone at times, is post-snap route switches. We rarely see that from Notre Dame. And I think that other teams do that masterfully. Florida does it a lot. Alabama does it a lot. Where utilizing your first level of receivers to kind of clear things out to open up other, up other opportunities. Or, you know, especially the way that Alabama does their pattern match, I think you can have some success against them switching things up post-snap. So the outside guy becomes the inside guy. There's delays. There's all types of different things that they can do. That's the creativity we're talking about where – it's not gimmick plays. We're not talking about, okay, you need to come up with this kind of like reverse throwback downfield throw. That's not the kind you can only you can only use those bullets once or twice a game. And even if they both work, that's 14 points. You're gonna need about 30 more to beat Alabama, right? It's about creating, it's about being creative with who you are and what you do that says, here's our best players. We're gonna take advantage. So, you know, it doesn't mean so that doesn't mean, okay, well, Chris Tyree's a better player than Kyron Williams, so he needs to play more. That's not what we're saying. Never said that. I think Kyron Williams was named a second team All-American this year by Sporting News. Kyron Williams had a great year. But Chris Tyree is a weapon that needs to be utilized. It's not instead of Kyron Williams, it's along with Kyron Williams. And if you don't, if you're not utilizing that in this game, then that's a failure on the part of the coaching staff. If Chris Tyree doesn't get at least five or six touches in this game, and I'm not talking about when they're down 30 and Preach. you put him in, if he doesn't get five or six touches in this game, then, then you've then you failed as a coaching staff. Yeah. That doesn't mean you take away five or six from Kyron Williams. It's just what it is is if you use him correctly, that's going to be a chain-moving play, which then gives you more opportunities to go make more plays. Well – if if Sebo Flemister is on the field before Chris Tyree, that it, it, like he like he was in the Clemson game, that's a coaching fail. That that's a game plan problem, and, and that's nothing against Sebo Flemister. Okay, and it was it's not like they brought him in on the goal line to bust through a one yard you know run or whatever. That right. wasn't he right. got a series and promptly went out and got yeah. tackled for a four yard loss. If you're bringing in Sebo because it's third and one, go for it. Because right. no nobody runs harder on the roster than Sebo Flemish. I have does. no problem with that whatsoever, but that wasn't the case. He was Correct. in because this is the series this, that they decided right. that Sebo Flemister was going to get, right. and Chris Tyree was still on the sideline. That is a coaching fail, in right. my opinion. I'm sorry. It's, 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 you can't do that and expect me to take you seriously as a coaching right. staff. Right. I mean, he needs touches and, and he needs opportunities. Because again, even if you do something where it's an incomplete pass, Alabama's like, okay, that 4-3 dude. Because remember, Alabama recruited Chris Tyree hard. Yes, they did. And, and he was down to three schools. It was Oklahoma, Alabama, and Notre Dame. They know what Chris Tyree can do. And so you have a weapon on your offense that Alabama wanted, and you're not going to use them? There aren't a whole lot of dudes on the Notre Dame offense at the skill positions that Alabama recruited as hard as they did Chris Tyree. And, and missed out on. I mean, and we that, won't talk about another guy that's on the bench that they recruited. That's a different, <sighs> different conversation. That's not going to change. But this Chris Tyree situation, they got to use him. you got to use Tommy Trumbull. 
Yes. You got to use. You got to use them. You got to take your shots with Javon McKinley. You have weapons, right? In Javon McKinley, in Avery Davis, in Michael Mayer, in Tommy Tremble, in Chris Tyree, and Kyron Williams. Because that's nothing. Kyron Williams needs to be utilized effectively in the pass game too. You, you know, because again, to me, Absolutely. some of those angle routes that's an extension yes. of your running game. It's and it's, that's you know. The, Those are things you got to take advantage of because this is not a heavy blitzing Alabama team, which means you you can you can better utilize five man route concepts. And what I mean by that, Vince, is you know this: a five man route concept is essentially where you're releasing everyone. So you have five blockers and the quarterbacks. So you have six people occupied on every play, right? So you have five potential pass catchers on each play. Notre Dame does a lot of six man protections where you leave the back end, which means there's four players out in a route, and sometimes they'll do seven man protections. Um, and I'd end. like to see some of those in this game where you maybe you take your shots in, in some of those two tight end sets. That's fine. But I'd also like to see some more five-man stuff. And not just five-man stuff where you empty the backfield. I think that's fine. And, and I wouldn't even mind seeing some run game stuff where you go empty. And utilize Ian Book on maybe a couple sure. more designed runs this game than you normally use Ian Book on design runs. You know, where maybe you I do love, an RPO. I love going, I love going five wide yeah. and, and, and running a power with my right. quarterback because you have now outnumbered the defense. Or even if you do like an RPO where if, they're, if, they've, if, they're count, if their box count is five, you know, right. we're running a draw. Or four or five. If their box count is six, then we're throwing the bubble right. or we're throwing the perimeter. Somebody's screen. open. Right. So, you know, things like that are, are, are good. And I want to see that because we've seen Kyron Williams be effective. Kyron Williams be effective in those situations, but I also want to see stuff out of the backfield that gets Alabama thinking we got to run left or right, you know, Notre Dame. We don't want the Notre Dame offense being a left, right designed offense as a whole. Uh, but there are things you can do to get them running to the sidelines, slide routes, sure. Uh, swing routes, things like that, then create other opportunities. So they open up that in cut behind it, or they open up, you know, where, where you know, Chris Ty Kyron Williams is run or Chris Tyree, one of the two has run like four or five slide routes. A slide route is essentially like a, you, the back releases on like a 45 degree angle to the sideline. It's a slide route. And then maybe if, if you, if you hit a couple of those for four or five yards, well then Alabama starts overplaying it. And now that's angle when you start it. on it and you bring your angle, which you looks like a slide route, but then you cut underneath. And now, you get some big play opportunities. We've seen Notre Dame do this once this year against, I think it was South Florida Duke. Chip Long used to use this. You see other schools use this. Those are some effective things that you can do. And you have two really good pass catchers at the backfield. So, again, that's what we talk about, that creativity, which is, you know, it's – we've seen you do it. That it just You just need a more heavy dose of it. Sure. We've seen you utilize Chris Tyree. Now you just need to use him well, more. Yeah. And, and honestly, I would do some things. Here's the other thing, is if you're using Chris Tyree effectively, whether it be reverses, pass game, and run game, now you can get into some situations where you can have him and Kyron Williams on the field together. That's something I would love to see in this game. Because oh. you could put Kyron Williams in the slot, and you basically are back in a three-receiver set. Stop. Stop getting me excited, Driscoll. <laughs> okay? Just But those stop. are things that I think are effective. Those are things that I think can work against Alabama. But I those are things that – those are things Notre Dame hasn't put on film yet either. Not a ton, no. You know what I not mean? Like this year. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the two back, well, you know, putting both those guys on the field at the same time, they haven't put that on film. You, well, they you have. They just don't use it. They don't necessarily use it effectively. Yeah, but to, if you, you throw know. that out there, Alabama's not ready for it. Okay, right. you know, maybe they'll, they'll play well against it because they've seen it from another team or, or whatever the case may be. But they haven't really seen it from Notre Dame. Those are the kind right. of things I want to see in the postseason. You know? Here's the thing is, like, if you, put a, if you do what they've put on film, what Notre Dame has put on film is they'll run that reverse to Chris Tyree. 
Well, the only way for Alabama to play that is to, is to, to keep numbers backside higher. Well, then that creates opportunities where you can then take some shots play side or, you, you know, and that's the whole point. It's kind of like what you talked about in that one show, Vince, where you guys went and showed this wildcat look and then we never saw it again. There's yes. no counter off of it. That tells me you're not playing chess. That tells me you're just, you, you just have things on your call sheet that, oh, we got to call this. Yeah. You throw, you're not the, doing it. Throwing the pasta up against yeah, the wall. I want to see how they react to this. And then we're going to have something off of it. Those are the things I want to see. And, and they're capable. Look, I think Tommy Reese is a really smart young coach. This is part of the, 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 the maturation process. Yeah, Some of the things sure. that I'm saying now probably wouldn't have said after my first year as a coach or yeah. second year as a coach. You know, you learn more about Absolutely. putting together game plans and play calling and the chess match nature of it. Even as a quarterback, you don't quite grasp. I mean, I played quarterback in college, and, and there were still things as a, that I learned as a, even as a young coach where I'm like, I never really looked at it that way because as a player, you're always going to look at it differently no matter how smart Absolutely. of a player you are. Yeah. And so those are some of the things that we really need to see Tommy Reese do is, is be more creative with, with how you line up, how you use your personnel. Because if you're just coming out in 12 personnel all day, Alabama's going to get a read on you, and they're going to shut you down, which is what Clemson did. You know, I mean, Clemson made halftime adjustments and the Notre Dame offense in the second half never threatened Clemson. I mean, they weren't doing the second half what they did the first half where Notre Dame came out. There was a little bit of, you know, script creativity, which we've seen from Notre Dame in the past. But that's that once you get past the script, you've got to continue to do that. And right. We haven't always seen it. I thought BC game was probably the best we've seen of that. I think we need to see that kind of that kind of thing even even more so. So. We'll see if they do it or not, Vince. But I think that to me my, is my number two, um, my number two uh, point, and I, and I think we're we're on the same page on that one. Yeah, no doubt. And my, my final my final key is the the Notre Dame offense, and I guess this is really a key for for Tommy Reese, and we and we've kind of touched on it uh, as we've been talking. But it's you have to react to what the Alabama defense is is doing because they're, they're going to do some stuff that maybe you're not expecting. Uh, that you don't have in the game plan, you have to react in a positive manner to that. We, ha we haven't seen enough reaction uh, to what the defenses are doing to Notre Dame this year. And that, that's been frustrating to me. Uh, you know, for, for example, one of the things Alabama likes to do is they like to overload one side of the defense, and then they come. Um, so what does that mean? That means there's a giant hole behind that side. Okay, so what are you doing? Cause they, they put that on film. So what mm -hmm. are you doing behind that, that overload blitz uh, to make yourselves successful because if they're vacating that area, it's wide open. So right. what are you doing? Um, you know, those are the things that I want to see from Tommy Reese. You're, you're and again, saying they got a counter punch effectively. Exactly. That's, really that's exactly right. Because Alabama's going to throw some punches at you that you're not ready for. And so you, you've got to see it, you got to take it, and then you got to react to it. You got to mm -hmm. counter punch to it. If you right. want to be in any way successful in this game. Right. No question. I agree. My third point, uh, it is more about finishing. And for me, it's, it's kind of going to look that in two ways. Number one is just the manner in which players play. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if, if Kyron Williams is going to get a three yard gain, then, then make it a physical three yard gain. Absolutely. And, you know, put your shoulder down and, and hit somebody. And, and that's kind of how I think he plays anyway. Uh, and, and I think he needs to be that tone setter. I think Javon McKinley as a blocker can be that kind of guy, you know, where you're really, and maybe the first time you run block, don't just get in a guy's way. Maybe go try to put him on his butt. Right. 
you know, uh, offensive lineman coming off and, and just, you know, maybe even a couple times if it's close to the whistle, not cheap shot. I'm not talking about cheap shots. That's not, that's not no, football. That right. It's about play, as, if play you're the pushing a guy maybe. off the ball, you keep pushing his butt and you drive him five yards off the ball and then you put his butt on the ground. And, and, and it's about setting a, ten, a tone. But it's also about finishing off drives. And that's going to be a big part of this game is Notre Dame, number one, is going to have to get touchdowns more often than field goals. Uh, that doesn't mean field goals are – I mean, field goals are better than no points. But, you know, when you get inside the 15, you, you know, you need seven because you're not going to beat Alabama with field goals. You're going to beat Alabama because you scored a bunch of touchdowns. You're not going to beat Alabama scoring on your first possession of, of regulation and then your final possession of reg- right. regulation and, and kicking a bunch of field goals in between like they did against Clemson. That's not going to be good enough. You got to get points. So I think finishing, and I think those two things go together, Vince. I think when you really put an emphasis on the mentality of finishing off every play with with a nastiness, you become even more locked in on finishing off drives of, with touchdowns. And I think that to me is going to be a big thing. Is if they can be that physical maybe push Alabama around a little bit, which isn't easy. I mean, it's a big, good defensive front seven, but I, but I think Notre Dame can do it. You know, if Aaron Banks comes out and, you know, sees all the first team and second team All-American honors he gets and, and uses that as fuel to show it, I got to back it up. You know, Liam Eikenberg does the same thing. Maybe Robert Hainsey looks at it from a standpoint of I'm getting disrespected on the national scene, which I think he is, absolutely. Um, with all, I love Tommy Kramer. I, I'm going to have some comments about Tommy Kramer after the draft, and it'll become obvious why I'm waiting till after the draft to make him. I love Tommy Kramer. Um, but Robert Haynes, has been Notre Dame's second or third best offensive lineman all year, and at times their best. And he's not getting any yeah. All-American love, and, and Tommy Kramer is, which, you know, not good for Tommy. But I, my point is that Notre Dame's got some dudes that have some motivation to come out and play at a high level for different reasons. If they can have that kind of attitude, Vince, to finish plays with that degree, then I think that's going to carry over to finishing off possessions and drives. Does that make sense? So it's kind of taking a big picture point and turning it into a finer point, which is if you're playing with that mindset of finish, finish, finish each play, then that's going to lead to finishing off bigger plays. So it's going to mean Javon McKinley really being locked into this ball's in the air. It has to be mine. It has to be mine. Ben Skoranek, it has to be mine. Michael Mayer, it has to be mine. I can't, I can't afford not to make it be mine. I have to finish this playoff. And then that's how you finish drives off, you know. And the more plays that the players make like that, then the even greater confidence that Ian Book gets to, hey, I'm in trouble here. I got a one-on-one. I'm just going to launch this sucker off my back foot and give my guy a chance to go make a play. That's how you Absolutely. beat Alabama. Absolutely. And most teams don't have the players, in my opinion, to do that. I believe Notre Dame does. You know, and, and you say, well, you know, there's no Chase Claypool on this team. Well, you know, Chase Claypool was one heck of a player at Notre Dame. You know something Chase Claypool did not do last year at Notre Dame? He did not have four games with over 100 yards receiving. <laughs> Javon McKinley has. Javon McKinley has, and Javon McKinley's played less games. Yeah. You know, um, Chase Claypool's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Chase Claypool was a tremendous player. Javon McKinley's done some things that the only two other dudes that have done what Javon McKinley's done this year is uh, this kid named Will Fuller. You ever heard of him? Uh, yes, uh, I have. And, yes. and then the other mm-hmm. guy was some cat named uh, Michael Floyd. I've heard of him right? as well. So uh, when given the opportunity, Javon McKinley has been really good. And here's the thing about Javon McKinley. 
the knock on him in 2019 was, well, his big games were against like New Mexico and Bowling Green. Right, right. Nobody gives a rip. His best games this year were against North Carolina on the road. Big game. Against Clemson in a win. Big game. And in uh, a night game against Florida State. Now, Florida State wasn't that good, but he was going against DeSante Samuel a lot of that game. And, and he had right. two big plays against their other corner, but he also had three catches on Asante Samuel. So, you know, when, when the lights have been brightest and Javon McKinley's been given opportunities, he stepped up and made plays this year. There's no question about it. When given Agreed. the opportunity, Javon McKinley has made plays, far more often than not. Give him that opportunity in this game. And I think he matches up well. Michael Mayer and Tommy Tremble, in my opinion, best one-two punch a tight end in the country. Kyron Williams just got close. named a second-team All-American by, by Sporting News. You have arguably the, you know, the best line. And even if you'd say, well, they're not as good now without Jarrett Patterson, that's fair. Okay, so they're the fifth best line in the country. That's still right. really good. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and uh, you know, so, so there's the wet. And you have Chris Tyree off the bench. So there are weapons for this Notre Dame football team to be successful against Alabama. And this is not a 2015, 2012, 2011 Alabama defense. It's very good, but it's not that. So this is the game where the Notre Dame offense has the personnel, in my opinion, to be effective. The question is, yeah. will the players play with the mindset that they need to play with, the energy, the emotion, the fire they need to play with? I think they will. I expect them to. Will they finish plays off from an execution standpoint? That's different. You can have all the emotion and fire and drive in the world, but you still have to execute, and those two things don't always go together. Um, sometimes I've seen guys, Vince, I'm sure you have too, where a guy is a little too amped up. <laughs> I, th I, thought sure. Brady oh, yeah. Quinn, I thought Brady Quinn used to have this problem sometimes too. There were games where it's like you just wanted to kind of have Brady get that first throw out of the way because it's going to be like 10 feet over someone's head. <laughs> and then he would calm down and be brilliant. Um, you know, but, but then the other part of it too is are the coaches going to put in position to maximize their potential? Do the coaches have enough faith in their own players to say – we, my guys can beat their guys if we do this with them, if we give them the opportunities. And if they do that and the players reward them for it, I think Notre Dame can score enough on offense to, A, make this a competitive game, and, B, if the defense can just make a few stops, that they can be good enough to win this game. And all I ask is that the offense has to play well enough that when you go into the fourth quarter, it's this is anyone's game. Sure. And if you can do that, win or lose at the end of the day, I think this Notre Dame team can hold their heads up high. This Notre Dame fan base should be able to hold their heads up high. And now, all of a sudden, the Clemson game in the title game, is, is, it looks like the anomaly if you, if you play that way. But the, it's going to have to come down to the offense. It's going to have to come down to the offense, stepping up, doing what it needs to do, and playing at a high level. That's the only chance I think Notre Dame has at, at having that kind of performance. Yeah, I agree. Offense is the X factor in this game, and it's uh, you know it it is what it is, man. It, it we'll we'll talk in our next podcast about the Notre Dame defense versus the Alabama offense, and there's going to be a little slightly different tone to that uh, that talk. But um, it, this is the X factor. Notre Dame has to show up offensively in order for them to be in this game, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. I'm really hoping that they do everything that we want them to do, and and that this is a competitive game, and then. You know, hopefully the Irish come out on top. I mean, that would be fantastic. Uh, but I'm looking for a competitive game, looking for Notre Dame to take that next step um, as a program. So that's going to do it for uh, this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Brian, you look like you have yeah, something to I, say. Yeah, I did, because 
I want to, you know, for a lot of the talk about how it was the Notre Dame game for Clemson in 2015 that that set that program in the in the the right direction. I don't agree with that. I think the game that that gave Clemson the confidence that we belong on the stage was actually the title game lost to Alabama, because they lost. I think it was like 45 to 40. I think it's final score. That was a game where in the second half Alabama had to kind of pull some stunts. They had the onside kick. You remember? Alabama was shook by that Clemson team. And even though Alabama won it at the end because they were, they were the best team in the country at the time, Clemson going toe-to-toe with that team gave Clemson the, the belief that we are every bit as good as them, and if we just clean up a couple things, we can beat this team. Sure. And the next year, it was actually Alabama that had the leads against – and Clemson had to come back. And they did because they, came, they had the confidence to come back and win it all in 2016. Remember that final drive? They had that confidence because of what they did, in my opinion, the year before, where they went toe-to-toe with Bama and they said, hey, they beat us in the end, but they had, to, they had to play a great game to beat us. They had to pull out all these tricks to beat us, right? Because we're every bit as good as them. You don't get that feeling when you lose by three, four touchdowns. Right. And so that's why I feel like even a, even a competitive game is a needle mover for Notre Dame because it says to the program, it says to recruits, it says to everybody else that, hey, we're not that far away. You're the one recruit that could be the difference between us doing this, you know, or, hey, guys, if we put in this work, if we have this change, if you buy into this thing, we're, we're a touchdown away from being, a, a, you know, in the championship game. That's the kind of thing that I do feel it can be a needle mover. So that's why I do say it is important that Notre Dame be competitive in this game and more so the offense has to kind of come into the, 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 this century. Yeah. you know, with that right mindset. And, yep. and this, this game to me will be step one towards getting to that point. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Irish yeah, Breakdown Yeah, that's it. Podcast. I got nothing else. <laughs> so make sure you stay locked in to irishbreakdown.com because uh, there's all kinds of good stuff over there that Brian's been working so hard on uh, for you to read and consume and get ready for this game. And, uh, again, that game's coming up Friday, 4 o'clock. Uh, stay locked in because we will have our game day, Chad, and, We'll be putting our thoughts in during the game. And, uh, man, I can't wait. Uh, I cannot wait. So make sure you check out our other podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll be notified anytime one comes down. And uh, until next time, Irish Nation, well, I'm Vince D'Addario. That's Brian Driscoll. And we'll, we'll talk to you then. Thank you.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.